certain film festivals have a vibe. You can tell the difference between a South by Southwest film compared to a TIFF film, compared to a slam dance film. Jenny, I am so excited that we're having this conversation because film festivals are such a black box, aren't they? They really are. I feel like I've talked to so many filmmakers who are in the final stages of their film and, you know, they obviously want to have a festival circuit, but they're like, where do I start? Which festivals do I prioritize? And our guest today, Sama Ali, she she has all the answers to those questions. She's made it her job to be a film festival strategist, which before this conversation, I didn't even know was a thing. But it makes so much sense. It totally makes so much sense. And when filmmakers, especially first time feature filmmakers, go on Film Freeway or something, it's like they're endless. And so what do you do? Do you just apply to all of them? Obviously, no, there are tiers. There are all of these different secrets that people should know. Do you guys talk about that? Yeah, we, we talk about, you know, premiere status and, and how important that is um, to certain festivals. We talk about if your film's a short, whether you should put that online before you go out to festivals or w- whether you should save it for festivals if that's important to you. So it's really a wide ranging conversation. And Sama is really the, the best person to talk to about this because she also is a programmer at several festivals. So she has that perspective of what programmers are looking for and how you can build the best relationships with programmers. So it was a fascinating conversation. I mean, I learned a lot, and I know that anyone who's listening who is wanting to go down that route of putting their film into festivals will really get a lot out of this conversation. And I also want to give a shout-out to our new booking producer, Amy DiGiacomo. Go, Amy. Go, Amy, who thought of uh, having Sama on and contacted her. So thank you, Amy. And with that, this is Sama Ali, and you're listening to Rough Cut. Here we go. Thank you so so much, Samaf, for doing this. I'm just going to jump right into it. Can you just explain to us what a film festival strategist is, what they do? Totally. So a film festival strategist helps filmmakers at an earlier stage to look at what their strategy is for the festival process and creates something that aligns with their goals. So typically a roadmap that makes filmmakers touch as many festivals as they would like and achieve what they want to achieve with their specific project. And I came to this because I have been programming on multiple different festivals and there's been lots of times where I wish I could shake the filmmakers. Um, They may have given us a 20 minute short compared to a 15 minute short, or they may have made a feature a little bit too short compared to um, 80 minutes. And that is something that I wish I could let people know at an earlier stage, as well as their premiere status. They may have premiered in this country, but at a festival that may not actually do a lot of work for them, or perhaps even in the state and the festival may not be known as well. And so a lot of larger festivals care about premier statuses. And that's one of the big things that a film festival strategist has to consider. Okay, so it's sort of like they wasted their premiere on a festival that might not really serve them. Exactly. As opposed to going to a bigger one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about and I'm sure that this varies from project to project a lot but in general like what a good film festival strategy is 
Totally. So a good film festival strategy and strategist is really based off of the different project, whether it's a short feature, doc, narrative. Um, it all really is specific to each project that is brought to the table. And it's also based off of the goals that the filmmaker may have. Some filmmakers just want exposure. Some filmmakers want to make money, um, so they want to return on investment, all the money that they invested into their project. They may want to secure funds for their next project. They may be looking for festival impact, so they want to go to as many festivals as possible to pick up as many laurels as possible. And then they may also just want to get distribution and go through that process and move forward to the next project. And there's many things that can happen in between. For example, people may want to find their producing partners and they may want to go to conferences. And so those are all things that you need to consider when applying to festivals. And each strategy from there is developed. A lot of folks want to do the A-list festivals. And I would say that's a big waste of money. <laughs> you need to know programmers who work there. You need to have rapport at those different places. And if you don't, you can easily just be submitting to festivals that are way more focused on solicitation rather than looking through their submission pools and creating programs from there. So that's all some of the things that you have to consider when you are creating a strategy or working with a strategist. I didn't know that. So there are certain festivals, like I would think of Sundance as a high-level festival, but if you look at their submissions, it does say that they watch every piece that's submitted. And so I didn't realize that they were there were festivals that focused more on solicitation than submissions. Would you say mm -hmm. that Sundance like falls into that category or where do they stand? I would say Sundance is pretty submissions heavy. Um, uh -huh. Usually you'll know when a festival is heavily solicited because premieres might be, um, they may receive a lot of state premieres or world premieres or country premieres. And it typically comes from different institutes as well. So there might be uh, an institute that is a feeder program into the festival. Um, obviously, there's Sundance Institute that feeds into Sundance Film Festival, but there's usually no guarantees because they try to keep it separate. Um, there are a few film festivals that I personally know that I'm not going to mention here that do do solicitation. And it's good to note that most festivals will both solicit and have submissions. However, you have to think about it from the perspective of the you know, distributor and the uh, producers. They may have long-term relationships with different filmmakers and um, different film festivals. And as a result, they may have talked about a feature-length film that they have been working on for the past two or three years. And now it's the year that they're releasing it. And so this is something that they may have already spoken to a programmer two or three years ago, and now it's the year that they want to premiere. And so they're already talking to multiple festivals about where their premieres are going. And they're not going through submissions, they're going through direct emails. And emails will always guarantee that you get watched compared to submitting into the void of Film Freeway. Yeah, interesting. How does Film Festival Strategy, what you do, kind of tie in with sales and distribution? I mean, it's really about impact. Um, I am such a believer of distribution. I'm a huge acquisitions girl. I think it is important to get audiences in front of all films and certain films are meant for particular audiences and that's the role of a programmer to determine 
will the audience local to this region enjoy this project? And that changes that answer based off of where you are in the country, in the world, and so on. So from there, it's really important to consider the sales strategy of your project. If you want to have a purchase of your film, you may want to go to a film festival that has a market attached to it or a market within the festival entirely, where you are going to be expecting larger sales to be picked up from there. There are certain film festivals that have no distributors look at it, no sales agents look at it. There are others that will have a lot looking at it. And of course, you want to also consider the press that is going to be there as well. If you are going to have your premiere, whether it be a continental, international or world premiere at a festival that does not attract a lot of press, um, are you actually going to be receiving the communications that you need to sell a film or to make it attractive to distributors and sales agents when nobody is covering it? <laughs> That's something that you need to consider when you are going into all these different um, premiere opportunities across the world. Hmm. Can you share a scenario where a filmmaker would really benefit from a film festival strategist like yourself? And then also on the flip side, uh, a scenario where a filmmaker maybe doesn't need one? Mm -hmm. I would say that a filmmaker would definitely want to have a strategist um, at a festival that they are either doing their second or first uh, feature length at um, and they want to tap into a new market and perhaps go into uh, sales, get a sale from their project. Um, that is the ultimate opportunity and usually sales agents will actually do a film festival strategy because they have a financial incentive to get the project sold. Um, a film strategist only cares about serving their client, working with them to achieve their goals or to create a roadmap so that way they can achieve their goals. And then the filmmaker is often there to make those decisions. And they are more than happy to follow that roadmap or to go in a completely different direction. Um, I would definitely say if you're creating you know, your first short, your second short, even your third short, it's not worth it. If you have a short that you may have received a lot of funding for, perhaps 50K or more, I, it makes sense for you to start investing into a festival strategist because that short that you've received such um, an elaborate amount of money, you may want to turn it into a series or a feature. It might be a sample for what you have greater goals for. A strategist can actually help you take you to that larger goal of not only exposing you to way more um, larger producers and production companies and also buyers, but also get your next project funded because that might be your goal. So that's typically what I would recommend. And usually people who are in late stage um, careers, they always have a strategist because again, it comes with the sales agent. The sales agents are usually work with a lot of mid and late stage career folks, and they are most interested in getting your project in front of as many eyes as strategically as possible. It could be in place of a theatrical um, tour, or it could be simply just an opportunity to get purchased by a streamer and then do a worldwide release from there. Hmm. At what stage do um, filmmakers usually need to bring a strategist in? I would recommend filmmakers bring a strategist on when they're at the fine cut stage, earliest rough. Um, however, 
I never think it's too early to think about your festival strategy. If you receive a lot of funding for development, I would definitely consider having everything put together then. Although you have to consider it's a completely different product at that point. It is nebulous. Yes, we have a treatment, we have a script, or we have a storyboard, but we don't actually see the physicality of what the quality of the project is going to be like and what that would be attractive to, how it feels to different film festivals, because certain film festivals have a vibe. You can tell the difference between a South by Southwest film compared to a TIFF film, compared to a slam dance film. You know, and when you are at your rough cut stage, your fine cut stage, you have a feeling of what that is compared to when you're at a development stage. It's more, this is generally the themes. This is the vibe, but it's not shot yet. So you can have a strategy then, but it may not actually reflect what the project will turn into once you're finished. Can you talk about the best way to pivot? Let's say that you're a, a filmmaker and you like really want to get into Tribeca, let's say, and you and you were denied entry. Like, what's what's the best way to pivot when you're turned down from your your ideal festival? Mm-hmm. Always ask for feedback. Always, always, always ask for feedback. That is the best way for you to really get free advice from a programmer without um, getting uh, into the festival. And while it is sad that opportunity for them to you know, ha- have a conversation with you, an email exchange, you now have a name at that festival. And typically programmers work at multiple festivals across the year. So while you may have been rejected from Tribeca, they may have seen your film and maybe even considering it for another project or another um, festival down the line. Also, programmers don't always work at festivals. Sometimes they work at institutes and you could potentially be screened at a cinema or an institute later on in the year because your project may work better for that audience compared to Tribeca, for example. Um, Yeah, I would definitely say always, always ask for feedback. Always, always try and get in touch with the programmer. Keep that relationship with them and let it blossom as time grows. It's never too early to reach out to a programmer and talk to them about a project that you may think work with their audience. And even, this is a very big plus sign, eventize it. So what a potential screening could look like, if there could be a performance, or if there is something that you think would really amp up and make a screening attractive for their audience. So like dinners, uh, musicians, all of that stuff. Sounds like a lot of relationship building is very important here. 100%. We love relationships. <laughs> yeah, as it is everywhere. <laughs> Can you just give like a, a little case study of a film that you were working as a, a film festival strategist on and them having a strategist really brought it to the next level? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I can talk about where it's faltered. <laughs> oh, that would be great, too. That is the tough part. Um, I know one film that's actually on the market right now, um, they were in conversation with Tribeca, with SF Film, with TIFF, with Hot Docs, and they gave their world premiere to a festival that happens before all of these festivals um, that does not have a lot of press. And... That was a huge concern. And then following after, um, they said yes too early to a festival that was in the same state, 
So, you know, same territory as another large festival that could have been really advantageous for them. Now, it's hard to go back on your word with the festival. You can always defer. You can always decline a festival. Um, and it's tough. It's a risk. But you also have to think about what the reward is on the other side. So where that person, they couldn't decline that other festival that wasn't as large as the festival that was in the same state that wanted that film. The executive director of that festival was a chair of a large and important society in the film world. So while the festival didn't actually bring a lot of acclaim to the film, that person could potentially hurt that project later on in the game. And so that's something that they also couldn't decline because what could have happened, it could have been a short-term reward, but long-term <laughs> failure. And that's something that can happen when you don't have a good strategist or you are saying, early, saying yes too early in the game. Um, and here's the thing, with a film strategist, they'll typically give you emails of people that you should reach out to and they'll reach out to you one-on-one -on -one, um, saying, hey, I'm working with this person. I think you should definitely consider their project for X, Y, and Z. And then on top of that, it's important for the filmmaker to build rapport with that person, again, relationships, um, and really ask for updates too. Film festivals take a while. There are so many films that are being submitted throughout the year. For example, I just finished up with Hot Docs. I'm actually still doing Q and A's right now. And we started receiving I want to say like July of last year. And it is April. We're about to go live at Hot Docs in T minus two weeks. <laughs> and if anything, I think maybe when this festival has, or excuse me, when this podcast has come out, we would have already been live with Hot Docs. Um, it's very important to know that we were receiving films as early as October up until March. And we were also receiving films from different film festivals that were premiering over the course of the beginning of the year. And so we were watching, at least for myself, over 200 films. And so whether it was at a rough cut stage or whether it was at a fine cut stage or whether it was at a final cut stage, that's something that we're always looking at. And guess what? We didn't make our decision until the beginning of March. If you had submitted in October, let alone July, and you need to know that you are going to do Berlin, which is in February, two months before Hot Docs, you need to be checking in with us to make sure, hey, am I gonna get in or can I give Berlin my world set, my world premiere? Hot Docs is like, hey, we're still making decisions. Give your world premiere to Berlin. Now, Berlin is on a completely different side of the world compared to Hot Docs. However, if it was Tribeca, Tribeca and Hot Docs used to compete. They used to both be during April. Now, obviously Tribeca is in June and so it's a little bit different, but we still low key compete for our titles so we're always considering okay if is it at tribeca e it may not be able to play at hot docs did tribeca take it if they didn't take it let's take it and steal it from under them so that's something that we're always considering and you always want to again be talking to programmers because it's really really tough for you to make decisions as a strategist or not working with a strategist and not being able to consider who is gonna be playing where, when it's gonna be playing, and how can this potentially affect you and your um, potential strategy for your project. Very long-winded answer, but you can just see how <laughs> the strategy can come very mush up when it's not organized and you don't know what you want and what you wanna achieve. 
Yeah. So a strategist, would they be doing all of that communication for you with these programmers? It depends. Some strategists are involved from the beginning to the end of the festival process. They kind of take it from you. They take all your assets. They run your film freeway page and then they let you know, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. And that's also what sales agents do. Sales agents typically have to ask your permission before they do anything, though. Um, Or most sales agents will ask your permission rather than just doing it. Um, Other festival strategists will listen to what you want at the beginning and then go for it. And then some are just, uh, they will write the roadmap for you. That's what I do. And let you make the decision at the margins, right? And it's all about the advising, too. Um, You want to let your clients know at an earlier stage that this is a roadmap that you can take it or you can leave it. It's totally up to you. But also make sure that you respect the roadmap. So that way you know if you're getting accepted into two different festivals that are right beside each other that also have relatively the same premiere, world, North America, state, international, whatever it happens to be. You need to be very specific about what you're giving away and what that festival will do for you as a result. Hmm. Do festivals really value premiere status? I mean, I'm sure it's different with different festivals, but like, I guess I'm asking how, how closely do you need to guard that? Mm-hmm. I would say the A and B list festivals will typically care about premiere statuses, period. <laughs> um, now, what the premiere is, it's more specific to what region you're in. Um, Usually, most people will care about country, continental, international, and world. That's the high level ones. And then there are some festivals, B-list and C-list, where they care maybe just about state or city. And then there are those that you could be online or you can be distributed. They do not care. They just want your project shown. And I think those are the festivals that typically you have the best experience because it's simply just for audience. You actually have a one-to-one relationship with your audience at that point. But those are festivals that you may want to save until the end, right? Maybe you've already done all the big premieres and now at this point you're like, okay, I want to do my hometown festival because that's where I'm from and I want to, I want yeah. my friends to see it. Yeah. Or maybe where the film is based in, in exactly. you know, documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of our listeners do shorts. Um, What if you have a short that hasn't premiered at a festival, but but already exists online, like whether it's Vimeo staff picked or maybe it's on New York Times um, Opdocs? Does that hurt its premiere status in the eyes of a festival programmer? First of all, love shorts. Shorts are my babies. So shout out all the short filmmakers. Um, It depends. Some festivals will prioritize shorts that have not been online. I know at Doc NYC, that's what we do. Um, Just because it's really tough right now, as short filmmakers, you are constantly being told, have have your film online, have your film at the festival. It's kind of mixed bag, and each festival makes that decision for them. And I know with... COVID, everything has changed, especially with shorts. So please read the guidelines of Film Freeway to check that out. But I would say I've worked at festivals that could not care if a film was available online. I've worked at other festivals that do not want to prioritize films that are online. So it really depends on one, the programmer, and two, the outlines and rules on the Film Freeway page, because that typically is up to date and will give you the best idea of whether you're going to be selected or not. 
Sounds like something a, a strategist could really help with. Yes. <laughs> I usually uh, ask this question in the beginning, but I'm curious what your background is and how you ended up in this really specific job. So I ended up in this because I was programming at multiple festivals and there were so many times where I just felt like this is an amazing short, but it is 30 minutes and it is not strong enough to end a shorts block. So I have to let it go. And if it was 15 minutes, half its length, maybe you don't need all those minutes in a short. You would get in, no questions. Same with a feature. There are some features where I'm like, the score is horrific. I wish they could change their score. And that's something that you could change at an earlier stage. And so what I do with my clients is I typically not only do a festival strategy with them, but I also do critical reviews. I kind of give them the insight of what a programmer would say or what a programmer would think, um, almost as a fresh eyes to a project that they're still working on. And they can, again, make those decisions at the margins if they wanna take that advice or if they don't. Um, I know with shorts, it typically comes down to time. Oh my goodness, after 17 minutes, we're counting every minute. The moment I hover over the minute count, you're looking bad. <laughs> you're looking so bad. There are some features you are dropped in with no context. All you could get is a title card. And I would understand exactly where I am in the story. And that's kind of how I fell into this. And it's been really fun. I love watching movies. Obviously, I watch over 500 a year, <laughs> shorts and features for my job. So it's extremely fun. And it's something that I love to do alongside programming because I am constantly seeing what is submitted to festivals. I'm constantly seeing how festivals work. And I can offer that advice to my clients. Well, this has been super helpful, I'm sure, for anyone listening um, who's totally lost in this film festival world. Um, so thank you so much, Sima. And I want to give you a space to talk about how people can get in touch with you and pl plug anything. I know you have a blog. So yeah, just yeah. plug away. <laughs> she has a blog. Um, I, my company is called Stratally. That's where I do all of my advising work. So S-T-R... A-T-A-L-I, Strategy and Ali. My last name is Ali. It's a pretty groundbreaking name. I say so myself. I also <laughs> love alliteration. So um, it's stradley.net. You can find me there and you'll be able to see the Substack that's also attached to that. And I don't do social media, but what I do do is Twitter because it is very addictive. So my Twitter is Sister Samah, uh, spelled the way my name is spelled, probably in this podcast description. So you can just look it up there. Um, and you can find me at all the different types of festivals. We have hot dogs. Um, I'm going to Seattle for SIF, first time in Seattle. So I'm excited for that. And doing Doc and YC at the end of the year. So it's, I love this life. I love going to festivals. I'm such a festival junkie and I love working with filmmakers and meeting new people. So hopefully I'll be able to meet all of the people who are listening. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And we will, um, to anyone listening, we'll just drop links to all of that in the show notes. And um, thanks again, Sama, for doing this. Thank you. Rough Cut is hosted and produced by me, Jenny Butler, and Sky Dylan Robbins. And our original music is by Zach Wright. And the podcast is part of the Video Consortium, which is a global creative network and community that unites today's nonfiction filmmakers and video journalists. You can visit videoconsortium.com and we'd love for you to join our film family. 
And we love hearing from listeners. So if you'd like to send us a note, you can find us on Instagram at at Rough Cut Podcast, or you can send us an email podcast at videoconsortium.com. And don't forget to rate us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Thank you and see you soon.